0: Welcome to The Worst Bestsellers, where we read about secret lizard people so you don't have to. I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And for this episode, we read Scavenger Hunt by Christopher Pike. Joining us to discuss this work of fiction is Lisa, a noted Christopher Pike expert. Hello, Lisa. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Alright, I'm gonna jump in before we even talk about this and say that I think I might be the only person in our age bracket who did not read any Christopher Pike books when I was younger. Um, This is the first one I've ever read, and the only reason I can give for that is that I was a wussy baby child and I was scared of just, like, the covers of these books. (laughs) But I know a lot of other people have a lot of nostalgia for them, such as Kate and Lisa.
1: Did the embossed boobs put you off as a teenager? (laughs) I was frightened
0: (laughs) of how horny it made me. (laughs) Um, I I guess we should get into the plot summary. But yeah, we do really need to address this cover, which I'll maybe post a picture because my cover is not the one that's on Amazon and it is insane. It has like a disembodied hand and a lizard and a church And a thoughtful looking guy covering his face in like a like very thoughtful pose. And then this girl who is in a tank top and like her breasts are embossed. They're raised (laughs) off the page and they're huge. They have so much depth to them. And also her hair. She has like huge embossed boobs and hair. It's insane. And I love it.
1: Whereas I have the cover that might be the one they have on Amazon, which shows three teenagers who don't look anything like the teenagers described in the book looking through a graveyard in fall clothing with flashlights, which is something that never actually happens. I was about to say they don't go to
0: a graveyard, do they? (laughs) Oh my god. But let's talk about what they do do in this book. Which is, the basic premise is um, this group, this, I guess everybody in the high school, or all the seniors maybe, I'm already confused. Some number (laughs) of students are going on this school scavenger hunt in groups of four. And they have a list of, like, clues that take them all around the town. And um, supposedly the prize for this is going to be a trip to, to Hawaii, which is awesome. But it turns out that that's not the actual prize, and I'll let somebody else reveal the twist. Oh,
1: okay. Um, are we revealing the twist now, or are we going to talk? I guess I guess we'll reveal it now, which is... Because uh, we kind of already revealed it in the, the tagline for the show. Uh, the twist <laughs> is that um, it turns out that there is a race of ancient lizard people who live in the desert who uh, need some human sacrifices.
0: Yeah, and this was actually... Um, When we were talking about which Christopher Pike book to pick, like I said, I hadn't read any of them. So Kate and Lisa were making suggestions, and they all sounded like just bananas to me. But one (laughs) of them was like, oh, or we could read the one where it turns out they're all secret lizard people. And I was like, what? Let's do that one. But then I, this is a point maybe to address later. I don't know. But that colored my whole perception of the book, because on every page I was like, is this guy a lizard person? Who's the lizard person? (laughs) And now I feel like if you didn't know that they were lizard people, a lot of this book would be just kind of boring. <laughs> like, it's just them in the desert looking for clues and you don't know that they're secretly lizards.
2: I mean, I think it's I think it's supposed to be suspenseful mm. if you don't know they're lizards. okay.
0: It- <laughs> <laughs> You're the Christopher Penn expert, experts. So I'll take your word. <laughs> I
2: mean, I think that's what he was going for. I don't know how well it worked. <laughs> Lizard people are kind of a recurring thing in his books, right? They, they're they extremely recurring. I was actually I was talking to someone after I read this because not only are they extremely recurring, he has lizard people repeatedly, but they're always slightly different. Like he doesn't have this, his like personal headcanon of what he thinks <laughs> lizard people are. It's just lizard people are always evil. That's the only thing that's really steady with them.
1: So it's not like a a shared canon of Christopher Pike books where all the books are taking place in the same universe with the same race of lizard people. It's just lots of alternate universes that involve lizard people. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Do
0: you guys think that Christopher Pike had a traumatic childhood incident with a lizard? It's possible. He, He does have, I mean, it really
2: does come up a lot. Like when you think about it, it comes up in his books. Quite a bit. So I assume that it's something that terrified him as a child and then caused to terrify me as a child. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) the cycle continues.
1: So I was really confused, kind of. Well, I guess it didn't really come out until like midway, but this could just be me like not paying super a lot of attention. Um, But so is everyone else in the school just really stupid? And stuck on the first clue, or do they have, like, a special secret list of clues that are different from everyone else's that lead them to the lizard sacrifice? Because, I mean, theoretically, if they didn't do a really good job with this list, they could have ended up with a thousand, you know, high school seniors in their human sacrifice chamber, and I think the tables would have turned a little bit.
0: No, they did. They mentioned briefly that them and I think one other group have the special list. And I think um, the teacher who or- organized it is like a puppet of the lizard people somehow. And so he gave them a different list.
2: Um, yeah, that's, I... that the two groups that end up there had like a different list. And I guess the rest of the students had... I I just did they bother building an entire scavenger hunt for the whole rest of the school then
0: is there actually a trip to Hawaii for anyone (laughs) really
2: sucks for these guys
1: (laughs) and like what happens so so I I got the fact that the the creepy teacher Mr. Partridge was some sort of meat puppet but what happens (laughs) to him now that once the lizard people are defeated does he just like drop dead and everyone's like holy shit there's a you know he just collapsed or does like his flesh melt away and he's a skeleton again and like maybe he's teaching a class and now he's a skeleton and everyone's really traumatized and no
0: one gets to go to Hawaii wait sidebar remember what I said about being a wussy baby who like couldn't handle these books when I was a kid like I also never even read a Goosebumps book but I was always really afraid of that one Goosebumps cover where it's like a skeleton at a barbecue. They cheese and die. <laughs> I, I don't know. I never I never, mean, I I never read, read it. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's a crossover. Maybe it is a shared universe between Scavenger Hunt and that book. And like all oh, his flesh does melt <laughs> up. And then he goes to that barbecue. <laughs> 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 <The worst
2: ever. laughs>
1: um so like Lisa and some other people I know were super into Christopher Pike as kids i read a bunch of christopher pike but i was super into rl stein i read all the goosebumps all the fear street all the other like weird side teen universes that he wrote like that was that was my jam when i was like 11 was reading every scary rl stein book and being afraid to like leave the house ever again (laughs)
0: Mine was animorphs, which in retrospect is also kind of creepy. But for some reason, I didn't process like it was a different kind of fear for me than like skeleton at a barbecue. It's <laughs> <is> terrifying.
1: <laughs>
2: don't invite Renata to my next skeleton barbecue. <laughs> Got it. Or just don't tell her to skeleton barbecue. Oh
0: no! And just see what
2: happens. See <laughs> the entertainment for the night.
0: I guess it's time to face my fears.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, right. So they're on this scavenger hunt. I guess we, or you're here to, to listen to us tell you about this book. So either you can learn what happened or relive your teenagehood with a wave of confused nostalgia. Um, so they have to go on this scavenger hunt. And it's like to all these. It's just a weird book. It's a weird book book. The characters are weird. Weird things happen. Like there's this guy who, and they never really explain it, who um, at the beginning, this girl Tracy calls our protagonist and asks him to be on her scavenger hunt team. And he can't because this hot girl from school called him and asked him to be on her team because supposedly their mutual friend who has been friends with carl the protagonist for a really long time suggested carl but then later on we find out that this friend like never really existed and that's never they're just like oh we we made you think we made everyone in the school and the town think that this person i don't know it was weird yeah
0: and and not only that but they made him think that this person had always been there, but in the last year he had a brain injury, so now he was acting weird, which seems like a way more complicated ruse than the lizard people really needed to do. But also, I mean, if they had that
2: kind of brainwashing power, why didn't they just use that power to like get people to go to their cave so they could sacrifice them instead of creating this entire elaborate scavenger hunt maybe they just like building scavenger hunts maybe it's a thing the lizard people are really into
0: i mean we will get into that when i do our dramatic readings a little bit because they do talk about how they're like very bored all the time <laughs> and they also talk about how the human sacrifice is more powerful if people are feeling, like, negative emotions at the time. That's right. Although, I I mean, they could brainwash people into having negative emotions, probably. I don't know. I'm not like a once, lizard person.
2: I feel like once they're in the sacrificial chamber, they're probably going to have plenty of negative emotions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, but there's also, there's, like, there's a separate thing where Carl, the protagonist, his other best friend died like a year ago while they were out hiking. And so Carl feels guilty about it. But then the friend. Oh, wait,
2: the friend is the new friend.
0: Y- yeah. Yeah. yeah like, because they, they the lizard re- people made him into a different meat puppet.
2: Yeah, basically.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I guess lizard people can only come out of the cave if someone dies close enough to the cave to be considered a sacrifice for them, so they had been like dormant in this cave since they sacrificed some gold miners, and then this kid died in a flood. Which like they a kept, flash
0: flood and in they the kept desert
1: to, to hint that there that there was more to this flood yeah. than was really going on, but then they kind of dropped that thread and never really
2: explained if there really was more to it, or if just being like near, I kind of got the impression that being near their temple, I guess you would call it, like caused the flood, like that was the the never ending waters or whatever the clue was.
0: Oh,
1: hmm. maybe I'm whatever. <laughs> Christopher Pike, come on, man. Maybe he thought this was going to be an, his next like best-selling series. Maybe that scavenger hunt to what really <laughs> happened in the flood. Um. Yeah. So they're they're all on the scavenger hunt, and so that's that's the the one team is Carl and the hot girl, hot frequently naked girl, Sessi. Mm -hmm. And her brother, Davey, who's the class president who everyone loves. And this kid, Tom, who's a figment of everyone's imagination.
0: (laughs) And And is also the dead friend.
1: Yes, and is also the dead friend. And then on the other main team that we know about, it's this girl who's been in love with Carl forever, Tracy. And Paula, who was the dead friend's girlfriend and now hates Carl because he survived. And she became like a biker chick, oh, and-, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and her brother with what does he have? MS or does oh, it? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. No, it does. And uh, and I think you're right. It no muscular dystrophy. Okay, yeah. Which they talk about isn't like, but he- It seems like he has it worse than normal because they're like, it's not normally fatal, and he's like clearly dying from it. Um something something weird and
1: he's in a wheelchair
0: which sidebar did um were the lizard people to blame for his condition or is that just some sort of like convenient medical plot device
2: i think it was just a convenient medical plot device okay
0: I don't know how far the lizard people's power extends. (laughs) It seems pretty arbitrary.
1: (laughs) Listen, he couldn't be like the sacrificial, you know, um, golden martyr disabled person who, you know, is just happy that his last few days on this earth were so exciting and wonderful if uh, he wasn't slowly
0: dying of. Of a non-fatal Extra condition.
1: super muscular dystrophy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> um, and yeah, so they go, like, they're just running around town, like, going for these weird clues. And it switches points of view back and forth between both teams. And then between a flash forward to uh, Carl, who is in a church confessing to a priest everything that happened on this scavenger hunt yeah
0: yeah it starts it starts off right with the priest and then everything else is like in flashback up until a certain point.
1: yeah and uh and then yeah, it's and so like I a- start out
0: being like is the priest a lizard person?
1: me too. I I just pretty much assumed that everyone was a lizard person. I was pretty sure it was going to be revealed that Carl was secretly a lizard person, <laughs> that Rick, uh, the kid in the wheelchair, was secretly a lizard person, and that's why he needed the wheelchair, because his lizard hadn't grown its human parts all the way. I just was really disappointed that there were only two lizard people at the end.
0: Yeah. I feel like, for me, the lizard people had been overhyped. Um, even though they weren't even really, like all I knew that was that they existed but that was still too much <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man it was I, I I feel like we're skipping so much but also
0: it's h-
2: hard to summarize. <laughs>
0: yeah the parts
2: that we're skipping are like where they spent an hour and a half trying to solve one of the clues while they stood in the video store because they (laughs) didn't know the quote from the movie like
0: right and there also there are a lot a lot of just sort of like horny little like side passages about like how hot sassy is or like how she took her shirt off for like no reason or what have you that's
1: a thing that, if I remember correctly, happens in, like, every Christopher Pike book. Like, some hot girl takes her shirt off for no reason. Some, yeah. With perfectly tan, golden skin and, like, a perfect body takes off her shirt for no reason. And
2: all the boys lose their mind over it.
0: Do they all have embossed bosoms?
2: <laughs> I bet you a lot do. Because that, this this cover style was, like, huge. This artist was making buck in the 90s between, (laughs) like, Christopher Pike and L.J. Smith, he did all of their books, so, and they all have that, the same exact style, the same embossed thing, so yes, there are probably a ton with Mm -hmm. super embossed boobs all over the place. There's also
1: this, like, weird side plot, I mean, that, that actually ties into the main plot, where for basically no reason, Davey says to Rick, the kid in the wheelchair, like, I read an article in the paper about a gold mine and then Mm -hmm. explains the article in detail. And then like, I guess he did that because he knew that then Rick would go to the library and look up articles about this gold mine so that they would have, he would eventually go out there, which is where the sacrificial lizard person religious altar was. But there's, like, they literally print, an like, the actual newspaper article in the book. It's, like, six pages long, and it's just...
0: Yeah. And, oh, it's some weird thing, too. Like, he has all this information, but then they can't actually find the article. But then they do, do right? Like yeah. yeah, he
2: couldn't find the actual article, but he found another article... That was about it from, like, when it happened, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, like, and this part was a weird aside that I can imagine was only done to titillate. Like, halfway through the book, um, Tracy, the, like, kind girl next door who's in love with Carl, finds out that Sessie and Davy, who are supposed to be brothers and sister, are making out. Oh, yeah. And, like, gets, like, <laughs> totally freaked out by it and totally grossed out by it. Like, way more than I think. I mean, not that I'm, like, yeah, incest. But I feel like <laughs> if I saw two people I know who I knew were siblings making out, I wouldn't have to vomit and disappear for half an hour. But maybe I'm heartier than
0: <laughs> Tracy. Tr- internet has ruined you. Tracy yeah, ruin. has never read Flowers in the Attic. She's not prepared. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so and it turns out that they're like, you know, they're the, the two lizard people and they're like actually lovers. And normally it seems like when they come to Earth in human bodies, they come as lovers, but I guess for kicks, they decided to be siblings this time around. And I really think like the only thing I can think is that they put it in there to be like, and then the siblings were making out. Isn't that hot? see, andrews fans
0: right yeah like i was gonna say i feel like incest was also in vogue in ya of the 90s <laughs> it's
2: it definitely comes up in a few of his books too that and the because with the article i was actually laughing when i got to it The story within a story is a thing that he uses a lot so the fact that there was one in this book, this is basically just a list of his favorite tropes. I think. <laughs> I was
0: gonna say, yeah, Lisa, what are what are um what would you say his like top five favorite tropes are? And how many would you say are in Scavenger Hunt?
2: Definitely lizard people. <laughs> the story within a story, the the true love saves the day, the like I loved you from afar and now our love is going to solve everything. Um, revenge murders among high school students for petty things which actually did not really come up in this one surprisingly and
0: uh, hmm. i mean a little there was sort of that threat of revenge with the dead friend
2: that's true actually that's true that joe joe was trying to get revenge because carl didn't save him from From drowning yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah this is pretty much just his greatest hits
0: (laughs) (laughs) fantastic what would what would you say I'm just curious cuz like I said I never read any of these. What would you say your favorite Christopher Pike book is?
2: Probably Remember Me, which is about a dead girl. Like it's she's a ghost and is told from her point of view. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I yeah. think I
1: read that one.
2: I had that I... one actually memorized word for word when <laughs> I was in middle school. I could recite the entire thing at one point. It can, was Can you a recite sickness. any of it now? I still know the beginning of it it starts uh most people would probably call me a ghost i am after all dead but it's not so long ago that i was alive you see solid it is (laughs) quality there are lizard people in that one eventually as well
0: what (laughs) is she the ghost of a lizard person
2: no in the in the because it's a trilogy in the last one after she like talks to god in the second one in the third one there's a lizard person it's pretty great god
0: a lizard person
2: No, God is anti-lizard people.
0: (laughs) If God had a face, would it be a lizard person's face? (laughs) (laughs) Not
2: in the Christopher Pike universe. (laughs) Yeah,
0: there's like a weird
1: religious aside in the middle of this book, or towards the end, I guess, that I think we'll get to when we do the dramatic readings. But like, all of a sudden, it's like, Catholicism 101 you're right at the end we're like the lizard people are like tell us more about the virgin mary and her son jesus who is this god person <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait do okay um lisa as our Christopher Pike expert do you know anything about his biography like was he a former priest or something like he that? he was he was not he's actually
2: uh he was at one point a buddhist more he what? he deals with god a lot but it's usually not from a catholic like a catholic point of view it's usually more of a um like kind of a he takes a world religion point of view where like different gods are kind of incorporated and in like different points of view he's not usually very catholic in it
0: interesting
1: I wonder what made him decide to go that way for like 10 pages in this book then yeah hmm
0: I would like a timeline of, like, what was going on in Christopher Pike's life mapped out against his books. <laughs> and I probably start at, like, age five, bitten by a lizard. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that we, I guess we, we pretty much covered all the books. So They go on the scavenger hunt, and they get all these weird clues, and they collect all of these items, which are all clothes, and...
0: Yeah, because it's an outfit for for the tom de- the dead it's, friend to wear it's the
2: outfit that joe died in oh
0: yeah yeah
2: and the
1: before they figure out that tom is actually joe the dead friend he isn't wearing any clothes because the book opens with the hot girl the hot lizard girl sassy, skinny dipping <laughs> yeah. and pulling carl into the pool with her so he all his clothes are wet and Tom is just like, here, you can have all my clothes. I have like gym shorts and a tank top on under my clothes, even though it's 110 degrees outside. So you <laughs> just wear my clothes and I'll wear no shoes or socks and gym shorts and a tank top to school, because I guess that's okay.
0: Right. Wait, do you guys um I know they live in the desert. Do you think maybe they live in Nightvale? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know, they're pretty white and
1: pretty... Maybe it's desert bluffs. Maybe it's desert bluffs, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they, they collect all these items, and then eventually, like, they all end up at the lizard people hideout because they kidnap Carl and bring him there, and then Tracy, like, through the power of her love for him and the fact that he dropped his watch for her is able to direct them towards it to follow them and they sacrifice the wheelchair kid Rick and they're going to sacrifice everyone else. And then Carl escapes and runs to a church and they kill the priest. And eventually they manage to kill Davey and Ceci, I guess has just decided that humans are better than lizard people or something.
0: Yeah, um wait, also did you say about how um oh shoot. What's his name? The kid with muscular dystrophy. Davey? Rick. Rick. Oh yeah, Davey's the villager. Oh my god, I can't keep these people straight. <laughs> anyway, he sacrifices himself because he's like, my life's not really worth living anyway. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know we addressed that earlier when we were talking about why did he have muscular dystrophy, but that that happened. Just, I want that, t- I want that to be clear. And then,
1: like, as he's dying, he's like, it's okay. This was the best day of my life. And it's, like, a normal school day where you went on a scavenger hunt that was, like, torture, and you got, like, violently ill for part of it and were tortured by lizard people and then murdered was the best day of your life. The rest that's... of his life was serious crap.
0: I mean, <laughs> if you're in a wheelchair, your life po- can't possibly be worth living.
1: So. <laughs> Apparently, that's
0: what I got yeah. from this, at least. Is that is that a recurring theme in Christopher Pike books? Are there a lot of like very grim, the, disabled characters?
2: The only other one I can think of with a person in a wheelchair is Remember Me, the third one. And he is actually healed through the power of love. He stands at the end.
0: Whoa yeah (laughs) heavy (laughs) right on um well i guess should we go ahead and start our dramatic readings then if we've yeah i guess in our meandering way we did get around to the whole plot of this weird book
1: yeah It's, I mean, like, I feel like so much of it was just, like, weird exposition that was either only tangentially related to the book or dumped so heavily in, like, backstory or dialogue that, I don't know. Anyway, yes, dramatic readings. Um, I guess I'm going to start and I'm going to read from the very beginning of the book where, uh, like we said... It opens, basically, with Carl waking up from a bad dream and Sissy calling him and asking her to, essentially saying, what are you doing? And he's like, I was sleeping. And she's like, oh, I was skinny dipping. Why don't you come over to the pool at my house and pick me up for school and be on our scavenger hunt team? So he goes to her house and that's where I will pick up. Cessie's pool was like an underground lake, huge with a black bottom, and maybe a white bottom now, too, if Cessie was still swimming nude. He parked and walked around the side of the house without ringing the front doorbell. Cessie's parents were never home. Cessie was laughing, and Tom was spacing, spacing when Carl entered the backyard. Surprisingly, Tom caught his attention first. Tom was sitting cross-legged on the white deck at the shallow end. The way the light blazed through the front of Tom's black shirt, Carl figured he must be planted directly in the hottest part of the sun's reflection. Not only that, he didn't have on dark glasses, and he was staring into the very spot where the harshest glare of the sun hit the surface of the pool. He wasn't even squinting. Tom's eyes weren't following Ceci either, which might have been a sign of brain damage, but Carl had no such problem. Ceci was at the far end of the pool in the deep water, and with the black bottom, it was difficult to tell if she was wearing a suit or not. The uncertainty raised Carl's substantial pulse several extra beats. He strolled towards the deck, trying to look casual. It was a wonderful thing, he thought, when nature placed a wild girl inside the body of a mature woman. Hello, kids, he said nonchalantly. Hello, Tom said, barely moving an eyebrow. Tom had a wide, blunt face, and even under the best of circumstances, showed scant emotion. Today didn't look as if it would be one of his better days. A couple of months ago, Carl had seen an adaptation of Ray Bradbury's The Martian Chronicles on TV, and the bronze masks the Martians wore reminded him of Tom's mask-like face. And that saddened him. Before his football accident, Tom had been full of life. Hi, Carl. Hi, Carl. Ceci called, her black curly hair plastered wet and dripping into her eyes. She brushed it aside and grinned at him with her wide mouth. Want to get wet? Carl briefly wondered if he wasn't still at home and dreaming. Ceci was treading water not far from the diving board, and he had been wrong about her white bottom. <sighs> so there's some horn dog teenagerness for you.
0: I just remember, too. Um- when I was reading this, and I was uh, suspecting every single character of being a lizard person, I thought for sure Tom was because of that a bit about him like soaking up the sun and not caring. But I see now it's just because he was dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So in case that wasn't clear, like this big secret that they made the lizard people made everyone believe was that Tom had gotten into an accident playing football, and that's why he was so quiet. I guess instead of just making them believe that he had always been quiet, I don't know. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because that character had never existed before, so it seems like it would be just as easy for them to believe that they had always had a shy friend. Or even that
2: there were three new kids at the school instead of just two. Yeah. I don't...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see why they'd want them to think they were already friends with him, so they'd have, like, more access to whatever, but... I don't know, man. Lizard people.
1: All right. Um, do we want to do the religious bit next?
0: Always. All right. <laughs> okay. So this one, um, we're going to read and we're just going to skip out the pervy like descriptors and whatnot and just do straight dialogue. And I will be Sussy the lizard person. And, um, Kate will be Tracy, the nice girl. And Lisa will be Davy, the other lizard person. Right. Oh, and um, for context, by the way, they're in a church, and um, looking at a statue of the Virgin Mary. Who is she, Carl?
1: She was the mother of Jesus Christ. He was supposed to be the son of God. Uh, by the way, I know she says, "Who is she, Carl?" But Tracy interrupts and explains.
0: Yeah, Carl doesn't have any lines. Fuck Carl. <laughs> that was me, not Sussy. Sussy says, I've heard of him. Your stories say he had powers such as ours. What do you do with the candles?
1: You light them and then you say a prayer. You're supposed to receive a blessing in return. A blessing? A special favor from God.
0: God. Which one is he? God isn't
1: a person. He's our creator. He's the one who made us. He's the one who made you.
0: But we have no god.
2: Oh. This is foolishness.
0: Why did you say he made us?
2: There is supposed to be only one god.
0: And this is his mother?
1: The mother of his son.
0: Had she powers? I believe so. I would like to light a candle to this mother. Why? to feel this blessing
2: it is an empty custom
0: it may have a power of its own if you are afraid you need not experience it snap
2: (laughs) (laughs) you've been difficult lately have I remember who brought you here
0: remember who I am it's getting late I want to feel the blessing By the way, Christopher Pike notes that the desire sounds blasphemous. (laughs) Super judgmental of the lizard people.
1: Yeah, and, you know, not so much of God, it seems. (laughs) Oh, this is a weird book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we made clear or not that this is a weird book. (laughs) Also, I did notice too when
1: we were reading the part before that this is the second book in a row we've done where skinny dipping has played a (laughs) major role.
0: So true. Also, uh, Ben Flapjack may be a lizard person. We explain a lot. (laughs) I'm just gonna read every single book now with the lens that maybe they're lizard people. (laughs) I think that's the right way to go. You never know. <laughs> Oliver Twist, probably a lizard person. <laughs>
1: uh, all right. Uh, Lisa's going to cap off our dramatic readings by reading a little bit from the epilogue, which is basically just like 10 pages of exposition explaining what happened in
0: the book. <laughs>
2: I mean it seems fair people are come out of this very confused so
0: yeah it's it's. I'm not saying it's not necessary to have 10 pages of exposition <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay why did you help us Ceci Carl asked I wonder myself she replied turning her back on them and picking up one of the tiny red dishes that held the lit candle they might have assumed after all they had witnessed that the flame posed a peculiar threat to her That is, until she put it out with her bare fingers. I said earlier that nothing changes, she continued, and that has been true for me. I've walked in your world a thousand times. I've tasted every physical pleasure you can imagine, and many you cannot. But lately they've all begun to taste the same to me. I must be bored. I bore easily. Although our race was old by your standards when it destroyed itself, it was also very young. We were like children, spoiled, impatient, Quick to anger. That is why Davy and I settled in your high school. We wouldn't have fit in your adult world. She turned toward them again, and it could have been the somber light, but a delicate line of sadness seemed to touch her brow. But since this century began, I have wanted more. I have wanted the subtle pleasures that you humans can bring to each other. She paused, and her luminous black eyes went to Tracy. Do you love Carl? Tracy flushed. Why do you ask? ''I've watched you,'' Ceci said. ''I have sensed things in your mind that are alien to me, which are both sweet and painful at the same time. They come upon you whenever you think of Carl. I would have that sweetness, if I could, and even the pain it brings. Could you tell me about it?'' ''I don't know what to say,'' Tracy mumbled, lowering her head. ''Please,'' Cessy said. Tracy glanced at Carl. He felt embarrassed for her, but also glad. He wondered how he could have been so blind to her feelings.' Suddenly he felt the warmth inside her as clearly as he had felt the coldness beyond the arch doorway. The love was directed at him, and even though a monster had been the first to show it to him, he had a feeling he would not lose sight of it for a long time to come. Tracy could have re- been the mind reader Cecy was. She smiled at his thoughts of her. "'My love for Carl is the greatest power in the universe,' she said, no longer ashamed. "'It's a blessing from God.'" I feel like it should be noted that
1: this love that is a blessing from God and stronger than anything in the universe, in like the first 10 pages of the book, he completely dismisses her and is like, oh, I used to have a crush on that girl, but she's too plain. This hot chick came to school (laughs) and now like I'm totally have a huge boner for her and don't care about Tracy anymore.
0: Yeah, that's love. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Tracy went on to be on the next season of The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) With her superior understanding of love um, as a blessing from God.
2: I would actually read the sequel that would be Sessie coming back and being like, oh, I want to experience love. I'm going to go on The Bachelor.
0: Yes. (laughs) After her next
1: human sacrifice. (laughs) Is it too late to nominate things
0: for Yuletide? (laughs) Tide? That'll be your treat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, it just occurred to me, by the way, like, why... Lizards... Lizards don't have psychic powers,
1: right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That you know of. Like, why... I don't... I'm just now, I guess, questioning the basic concept of lizard person, which for some reason I hadn't until just now. Like, why do they have mind control and immortality? Like, that's not what lizards do.
1: My favorite is the implication that, like, the lizard people are somehow related to the dinosaurs, thus implying that dinosaurs had psychic powers, (laughs) which is a world I want to live in. I want to live in the world (laughs) where dinosaurs had psychic powers.
0: I think that's the Savage Land. (laughs) that's true that's true from x-men to any non-nerds who are listening (laughs) uh okay yeah so this book is just really not very well written sorry cp
1: (laughs) all right so i guess it's time to move on to our next segment would you rather um and our first would you rather is would you rather date a lizard person or date a vampire?
0: I'm going to go vampire, assuming that we're talking, like, Cullen-style vampires. Um, because they're... I mean, there are a lot of similarities. Like, they both have mind control to some extent. But the vampires... Like, a Cullen vampire, at least, is, like, rich. And, like, you know, they're aloof and uppity, like Sussy and Davy. But, um... You know, they play baseball. They seem kind of, they seem more fun than the lizard people anyway. They're more down to earth with
2: their baseball playing
0: ways. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) And I, you know, as you might remember from the first episode, I do have a weakness for the glitter skin, which the lizard people don't have as far as we know. Lisa? I would also go vampire,
2: uh... You know, being so influenced by Kaiser Pike books from such a young age has just instilled a fear of lizard people into me that I don't think I'll ever fully shake. And I don't know that I could really trust one if I was dating one. So even even the scary, not good kinds of vampires, like the Twilight ones, I would take
0: Wait, I'm sorry, did you say not good kinds of vampires? Yeah,
2: I don't I don't they're not my favorite, not my favorite vampires.
0: Sorry. Are you pissing? (laughs) It was more (laughs) of a (laughs) sigh. It's not time for Duarte's corner yet.
1: (laughs) Um, I think I'm also gonna go
0: with vampire. Uh
1: you know, the lizard people seemed pretty selfish, pretty intent on using everyone as human sacrifices, which I'm not into. Um, and I don't know, I feel like lizards, like, just want to bask in the sun on rocks all day, soaking up heat and sunlight, which I'm not into, like, sunburn very very easily, and vampires, both traditional vampires, avoid the sunlight so that they don't explode, and Cullen-esque vampires avoid the sunlight so they don't dazzle people too much, so I I would fit in well with that, (laughs) (laughs) that that darkness. (laughs)
0: I think the only people who would pick a lizard person are, like, horny teenage boys. They're like, yeah, they go skinny dipping. I don't care if I get sacrificed in a weird cave. <laughs> Boobs.
1: <laughs> uh, so our next would you rather um, is would you rather follow strangers on a scavenger hunt or follow strangers into an abandoned gold mine which I guess we didn't actually mention the content of the story within a story was the journal entries and a newspaper article about these two dudes who followed a couple on a quest to a gold mine that they claimed they had a map to and got trapped inside of it. you know these strangers who they didn't know who were just like follow us to a gold mine and they were like sure
2: And uh, they got stranded inside and were sacked. First they came out, they found bars of gold inside and didn't find that strange. And they were like, yeah, let's go back and get more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Like actual bars of gold, not like a vein of gold that they mined. They just like went in and there were bars of gold like Fort Knox.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm going to take this opportunity and this platform to uh, publicly call out Black Hawk State Park. Um, which I visited recently And they advertised that they have an abandoned coal mine And my friend that I was hiking with I was super excited to see the abandoned coal mine We thought it sounded awesome And then so we like hiked this trail And we get to the point And there's a sign that says abandoned coal mine And then literally nothing There's literally just a sign And then it's like a, a slight valley And so we went back to the visitor center and we were like, what's up with the abandoned coal mine? And they're like, oh, yeah, there's it would be too dangerous to have any of that left. Like, so we just had the sign, which (laughs) makes sense, but seems very deceptive to advertise that you have an abandoned coal mine on your trail system. So because I still kind of have like abandoned mine blue balls from that, I would rather follow somebody to an abandoned gold mine personally.
2: I'd rather follow strangers on a scavenger hunt, if only so I could point out how dumb they were at not solving clues. (laughs) Like, I would like to just stand there and be like, God, you guys are taking so long. I got that hours ago.
1: I, as, um, uh, as someone who...
0: Is a lizard person? (laughs) No, um, I forgot where I was going with this.
1: I got distracted. Um, no, hey, by did you die message. a year ago
0: and get replaced? By
1: <laughs> uh, no, Oh, that's what I was going to say, is that I'm going to go follow uh, strangers on a scavenger hunt for two reasons. Um, the first being that once I did sort of follow strangers on a scavenger hunt at a museum who were doing one of those like museum scavenger hunt game things and it seemed like fun so i was just kind of thought well at first by accident i was following them from gallery to gallery and they ha- happened to be behind them as they were running around and then i i just sort of started following them on purpose because it seemed interesting and then a couple years later i got to do one with a bunch of friends so and it was fun um and secondly because my roommate and i started this thing it's mostly her But it kind of started because of me called the Jerk Tour in Boston, where we go around to various sites along the Freedom Trail and tell like fun, jerky, historically accurate stories about them. And it started because I was reading actual historical stories from a guidebook out loud, inserting my own snarky comments, and people started following us. (laughs) And that was interesting and cool, and I would hope that if I were to start randomly following strangers on a scavenger hunt, one of them who wrote the scavenger hunt clues would feel in their heart a sense of gladness (laughs) that (laughs) their clues were appealing to outsiders. Legit. And our last would you rather is, would you rather join the lizard people religion or put your faith in a Judeo-Christian God?
0: Is the secret not an option here?
1: No, just the (laughs) Judeo-Christian God or the lizard people. Fine.
0: I mean, the lizard people religion has more concrete results than Christianity. (laughs) Uh, I mean, they definitely were immortal and you can't contradict that. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not super into the whole annual human sacrifice thing. So I guess I guess I'll go with Judeo Christian God on this one. I am
2: super into the annual human sacrifice thing, but I'm still I'm still shaky on the lizard people though, so I think I'm gonna go with Judeo Christian anyway.
1: And I am definitely going to go with Judeo-Christian God because I'm still trying to get him on my good side. So I'll have some success with my christianmingle.com profile.
0: (laughs) Again, this podcast is brought to you by (laughs) (laughs) christianmingle.com. And now uh, we'll take you to our Reader's Advisory section where we recommend books to you to read instead of or in addition to Scavenger Hunt. Um,
1: so I guess we're going to take the reins here for a little while because I read a lot of horror and... And
0: I'm a wussy baby.
1: <laughs> um, so I have a, a kind of smattering of different things. Um, some teen books, some adult books, some comics. Um, first off, Bliss by Lauren Miracle which is a period 1960s horror mystery novel. Um, If you only know Lauren Miracle because of the TTYL books, put that out of your mind. Um, I know that those books can seem strange and challenging to those of us who are adults, uh, despite their appeal to teenagers, Um, but she is actually a really good prose writer. And this book in particular, I thought, handled um, race and horror and homosexuality all in really interesting ways. Uh, It's about a girl, uh, the daughter of hippies. Her name is literally something like Bliss in the Morning, um, who is left with her rich grandmother in Atlanta because her parents are fleeing the U.S. for Canada because they don't agree with things that are going on in the government. So she starts at a fancy prep school and simultaneously makes friends with the, like, super cool, most popular girl in school and the, like, quiet, bullied loner girl and has to deal with juggling those friendships and what those relationships mean to her, fitting in in her new school, and dealing with the mystery surrounding the abandoned wing in the school. Uh, It's really good. Uh, Next would be Dreamcatcher by Stephen King. Uh, I read a lot of Stephen King. I know that this is the worst bestsellers podcast. I would not be surprised if at one point we read one of his books for this podcast, Uh, but I like them. And I've read them like almost my whole life since I was a kid. And Dreamcatcher is um, about four childhood friends who after saving a disabled kid from being bullied uh, meet on an annual camping trip every year. And it's about a year that things go kind of horribly, supernaturally wrong and how their act of saving this kid and their shared history comes into play to protect them as things go apeshit. Um, I'll do two more from my long list of suggestions. Uh, Pretty Monsters by Kelly Link is one of my favorite books of all time. It's a collection of horror-themed short stories and, and kind of like mystical and magical and weird. Um, they're all great. I love all of them. Um, I absolutely 100% recommend this, even if you're not into horror. There's some really interesting ways that she gives twists on the genre. Um, there's a really beautiful love letter to fan culture and um loving a piece of media and sharing that experience with your friends and um a really cool twist on the regular zombie story it's a great book you should pick it up and um i'll go with through the woods by emily carroll Uh, emily carroll is kind of famous online for doing these horror themed artistically painted comics Um, Usually like one was popping up about once a year And she just released a book of a collection of them They're all spectacular And I think all but one of them are brand new for the book And not reprints from the internet So you should definitely pick that up as well
0: Alright, well I'll just chime in Um, I don't have a lot of good read-alikes From personal experience I did want to alert you all that Christopher Pike is still writing And has a new series, new-ish It's called Witch World um, I think there's three of them now and they're in hardback. They're like legit books. Um, yeah. So just, just to alert you, he is still writing books. They're still out there. Are they good? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, yeah. And then also, um, I don't know. I guess I just have a reflection on, you know, a lot of people are, I just do have all this nostalgia for like Christopher Pike and, um, I'll sign and all not just horror but of all genres like when we were growing up there were all these sort of like more like throwaway young adult authors who who would write like a book a month um with ghostwriters, I assume and it's interesting that um you know these aren't really in print anymore I had to buy this used on Amazon for one cent and they <laughs> haven't um you know my library doesn't have any of them anymore I imagine they probably all like circulate until they fell apart and then they couldn't be replaced. But, um, yeah, but now, um, you know, Christopher Pike, his new ones, they come out maybe, like, once every six months or something, they come out in hardback. We've sort of moved away more from that kind of disposable young adult book, which I think overall is probably good, but there was something, I think, to be said for that ability to walk in and see, like, a whole rack of books, and they were all by the same author, and you knew that you were going to get some kind of weird lizard people shit and you didn't maybe care that much if it was good. (laughs) I don't know.
2: And for people who are looking for the old Christopher Pike stuff, they are reprinting a lot of them now that he started writing again. So a lot of the old classic ones are being reprinted in new editions and a lot of them are coming as double books to make them like more the size of what you would expect from a young adult book now as opposed to what you were getting in the nineties.
0: Do they have embossed boobs on the cover though?
2: They don't. You that is lacking. What would you say are like your top three suggested Christopher Pike reads? Classic Christopher Pike reads. Uh, definitely remember me. I really liked the Last Vampire series, although the new ones are weird, even for him. <laughs> and my my first Christopher Pike book was actually Chain Letter, so it will always hold a special place in my heart. And it's about a bunch of teenagers who find a chain letter, and weirdness happens. <laughs>
0: Was it sent to them by lizard people or is that a spoiler?
2: It was. I don't think there are lizard people in that or the sequel, but I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I read them.
0: Maybe there were such secret lizard people that they never reveal themselves.
2: (laughs) That's actually, that's probably what's going on in all of his books. It's actually just always lizard people.
0: I'm just going to, I'm going to
1: embrace that for all books now. If they don't outright say that they're a secret lizard person, I'm just going to assume that, you know, it just hasn't been revealed yet. I'm
0: (laughs) Alright, now, as you may remember from previous episodes of this podcast, is the time when we do a candy pairing for the book, where, um, you know, instead of suggesting a fancy wine to go with your meal, we're going to suggest a fancy, or not so fancy, candy to go with your reading experience. And I, myself, have selected chocolate-covered cricket um, to appease the lizard people.
1: Good, solid choice. Um, I went with candy necklaces and candy bracelets because I absolutely remember reading like these Arl Stein and Christopher Pike books like lying on the couch in my old house while eating the candy off of candy necklaces. So it's got that nostalgia factor for me.
2: Uh, I actually don't have a candy pairing. Sorry.
0: Garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, let's move on and state the moral of the story. Um, for me, I've chosen to cut my moral from another popular 90s element and say that the the moral of the story is trust no one.
1: I went down a similar route, although um, I feel like part of the moral was, you know, love will solve everything and trust that, hot girl, that cute girl next door. Um... The real heart of it to me was don't trust don't trust rich hot people. Mm. you know trust some people but if they're too hot you should be suspicious.
0: That's also the moral of the bachelor.
1: It's true. <laughs> it's I, I would say probably the moral of a lot of I guess it's, it's the opposite of the moral of the secret <laughs> you know trust trust rich people because they know the
2: secret and you can too. <laughs> uh i i think the moral of the story might just be get the the actual terms and conditions maybe read them before entering into any kind of competition Mm. just because it seems like that would have solved a lot of problems if anyone had found out what was actually happening in the scavenger
0: hunt wait so do you think that the lizard people wrote up a like on the back of the list, there was like fine print that said, they, they if you find all, all these the clues, trouble. you will be sacrificed. They
2: went through all the trouble of coming up with these ridiculous clues and, like, building probably a regular set of scavenger hunt clues and a whole scavenger hunt for the whole rest of the school. So I feel like if you're going to be that thorough, there's probably some fine print there somewhere <laughs> saying, by entering our our temple of human sacrifice, you will be sacrificed. You agree to this. <laughs>
0: fair enough (laughs) all right um now is the time of the podcast when i turn things over to my cat duarte who has a lot of opinions about literature so welcome to duarte's corner Thank you for that, Duarte. That's very insightful. And I, for one, appreciate your deep suspicion of lizards and their kin. I, I'm not surprised
1: that Duarte is against lizard people, but it does, you know, continue to, uh, you know, make me trust him and, 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 respect him for taking such a hard-line stance against something.
2: It's weird, though, because I thought he would be pro-human sacrifice. I thought that would come out more.
0: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, he's a complicated creature. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Do any humans have any closing thoughts they'd like to make about Scavenger Hunt by Christopher Pike?
1: None that I can think of. This is a weird book. (laughs) If you don't have, I know we said that 900 times, that should have been the moral. This is a weird book.
0: Um,
1: I I would only caution you that if you don't have a lot of nostalgia for Christopher Pike or um, LJ Smith or RL Stein or that whole group of horror writers from the 90s, this is not necessarily one you should pick up.
0: I would agree with that. This book is yeah. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> But it did um, it did give me this useful lens of assuming that all people are secret lizard people. So that's handy. And embossed yeah. boobs. Yeah. Yeah. So um, also, um, we were joking on, on Twitter that the cover for this is like porn for the blind. So, you <laughs> know, had... if, if you are blind or visually impaired, maybe just feel up this book. <laughs> I had Kale test that theory and her, her response
2: was, oh, yes, I can definitely. That is definitely boobs congratulations so <laughs> it's true
0: all right well lisa um thank you again so much for joining us and sharing your christopher pike expertise if you'd like to follow lisa on twitter she's at we saw w-e-e-s-a-w um if you'd like to follow me on twitter i'm at renata snacks and if you'd
1: like to follow me on twitter i'm at 14 across
0: If you'd like to follow us as a podcast on Twitter, we're at WorstBestSeller with no S at the end because of Twitter's character limits keeping us down. Um, You can find our Reader's Advisory list, including more titles that we didn't get a chance to talk about, at WorstBestSellers.com. You can subscribe to us in iTunes, and we would love it if you would um, rate us and leave us a good review there. Um, If you don't leave us a good review, I'm going to assume you're a lizard person.
1: I mean, if you do leave us a good review, I'll probably also assume you're a lizard person, but that's just how I'm going to go through
0: life right now. (laughs) But a nice one like Sassy, not a rude one like Davey. (laughs) We're also available on Stitcher. Um, If you listen to us on Stitcher, you can also rate and review us there, and you totally should. Um, Join us in two weeks for our next episode, where we will discuss Under the Radar by Fern Michaels. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>